hey, welcome to Whoa, That's Good Wednesday. I am so excited to be here to be guest hosting. This is the first of several that I'm going to get to guest host because my daughter, Sadie, is home taking care of her new baby girl. She is loving it and getting lots of snuggles in. And so, yeah, if you have not heard, Honey is a new big sister. I am now a grandmother of six, and um, it's just the best life. And I cannot think of a better thing than to get to host my daughter's podcast while she is home taking care of her daughters. So this is a pretty, pretty special blessing. And um, also, I have a really special blessing today um, to get to talk to someone who is a huge advocate for moms, specifically working moms, which Sadie is, and which I am. She has a company called Carrie Media, and she has a new book out that we're going to talk about later. But welcome to the podcast, Paula Ferris. Oh, Corey, and congratulations, Grandma. I have to ask, <laughs> Thank I have to you. ask, is being a grandparent everything that they say it is? Is it better than being a and parent? Now, I know you have to be a parent first, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how the process goes, but it's even better, really, it is. I like. I always knew that I would love being a grandmother, of course, because I have a great yeah. example. My mom is an amazing grandmother to mama, but um, it's so much fun. It's all the good and none of the really hard, you know? So, right. although, so yeah, you could just you know, spoil them. You spoil you them and spoil give them, them back to us on the sugar high. So there's that. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's pretty much how it goes. You get to just say yes <laughs> all the time. And it's so good. That's good. But thank you so much for being here, Paula. I just love what you're doing. And I want to hear so much more about everything that you're doing for moms and working moms. And, but first we have to do what this podcast is all about. The first question I have to ask you is what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? The best piece of advice. One. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And then we can back into it, right? The hard hitting question yeah. from the top, Corey. I love it with that fastball. I think the best bit of advice that I have ever been given is to just um, be quick to say, I'm sorry, and even quicker to forgive. Um, mm. that right there just shows that we need grace, um, and we yeah. need to extend grace to others. But, uh, to, to, for me, just to not hold, hold, you know, to live in offense, to take things personally. But I try to live in that mantra with my, even my kids, you know, my friends, my family that I'm going to make mistakes, mm -hmm. but I want to be quick to say, yeah. I'm sorry, and even quicker to forgive. And I want, you know, so that's, that's really, I think the best bit of advice. There's a lot of good advice out there, yeah. but I think that's probably the best bit of advice. I think that is so good. And I love that you just went there because, you know, whenever you have been married a really long time and you have kids, you know that like forgiveness and extending it and, and asking for it yes. for yourself is so important. And I just think I love that so much. I did want to mention because in the, in the top of this, I talked about moms and working moms and all that. And if you are listening today and you are not a working mom, you're not a mom at all. You may not even be a woman. I don't want you to turn this <laughs> off because Paula has so much great advice. And I think there, you just demonstrated it right there off the top, but so much great advice. You have been a, Emmy award-winning journalist. You have um, co-hosted Good Morning America, the weekend edition for like a mm -hmm. decade. You're a co-host of The View. <laughs> and um, you have done so much. And what I love about you is you're so willing to just share what you've learned and all of that. And those are like, those are hard jobs. It's not easy. I've right. actually been guests on those and I know <laughs> how hard it is. Um, I cannot even imagine doing that every day, every weekend. And um, so you just have so much great advice and you um, are so willing to share that. So I love that so much. So thank you mm -hmm. for doing thank that. You. So if you're not a mom 
and you're not a working mom, please do not turn this off. That I think there's going to be so many things that we're going to talk about that are just like universal truths that can apply to everybody. Right. Um, but first of all, I want to talk about a little bit about what's going on in the world. And um, I feel like I'm sure we've all read the articles about like anxiety and what young mm-hmm. girls are dealing with. And it just seems to be like in just higher levels than ever that young girls are experiencing anxiety. And your new book, just the title, I felt like just kind of like made me like my shoulders relax a little bit. Oh, and that makes me happy. Oh, the you. title is You Don't Have to Carry It All. And I just love that so much because I think that that is such an important message for people to hear and particularly young girls who are feeling like they're carrying it all. We can see it in the, the you know, rates of depression and anxiety that they're dealing with. So tell me a little bit about like why you wrote the book and, and any yeah, advice, sure. speak, speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I have a, a 15-year-old daughter who I understand the the world of anxiety very well. I have a an 8-year-old who was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. So like I get that world. Like these kids these days, this generation is dealing with high levels of agency and anxiety, but I really think that like their future is so bright and they're going to be the ones to really disrupt the space and change the game for us. But I wrote the I wrote the book um so Corey, I have three kids. Um grew up in a, you know, a, a Christian home always felt tension about, you know, working outside of the home based on, you know, my own experiences, but also felt tension in the workplace based on um, how I was treated once I had kids. Like I was treated like less than, I wasn't valued, I wasn't celebrated, I was scrutinized and I was paid less. And so I really, um, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I, I was in network news for decades and then I lost my job right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I had uh, this divergence. I, I could continue in television news, which is familiar, safe, right? Kind of the expected choice. Or I could really start to advocate for mothers and mothers in the workplace specifically, because that's my experience. I didn't know anything about how to found a company. I'm not an entrepreneur. I know how to ask questions, but um, it was in that space. And I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And I really felt like he was really calling me into this space to champion working moms. I didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, didn't even have a name for the company. Carrie kind of came to me because, you know, we carry children, whether they're in our hearts or our bellies, whether we adopt or we have Love birth that. them or on our own. And I wanted to help carry women through these moments. So started Carrie about a year and a half ago to really provide resources and content and storylines, um, storytelling rather, to change the game for working moms. To you know, We believe being a working mom should work. And the reality is, you know, um, 70% of, of mothers today are working because they have to, not because they get to or want to, but because they have to. And the majority of mothers will at some point, I mean, it's so different from when I was raised and from when my grandparents were raised, but 70% of mothers will at some point be their, the primary breadwinner for their family. So why wow. are we valued less? Why, why are we valued less once we become mothers? Why are we scrutinized? Why are we paid less? I really wanted to change the game. This book is really, um, you know, it's a chance for me. I had a chance to to put on my journalist hat and interview all kinds of like really fascinating people, like renowned thought leaders, scientists, theologians, historians to figure out like how we got to this point and how we can get out. Like how can we give working moms the support they need and deserve, but also the why behind it. Like it's, you can't talk about the what if you haven't established the why. And why is it important, Corey? Why is it important to give families and mothers in the workplace support? Well, because I really believe a lot of the issues, the majority of the issues we face as a society are in direct result to two things, how we devalue mothers in the workplace and how we devalue families in society. So I want to be part of changing that. 
Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash sadie rob summer that's 20 percent off your summer adventure at kiwico k-i-w-i-c-o dot com slash sadie rob summer Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 
slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try audible for free for 30 days. Wow, that's so great. I just love your mission and I'm going to be a cheerleader for you and what you're doing you. um, in all of this. So um, one of the things you did mention as you got you got to talk to a lot of people and interview in this book, mm-hmm. and I noticed in the part where you talked about like women in the Bible, you phoned yeah. a friend. And I love that so much because I think it's so important. It's so important to like not just right. feel like we're on our own and we have to like have it all figured out. Like we have a question about something, call a friend, call somebody yeah. that maybe has done some more research in that. And I love that you did that. Tell me a little bit about what you learned about women yeah. and work in the Bible. Sure. From my perspective, it's important that I interview people from all walks of life, you know, it's, you know, whether regardless of their political affiliation, their ideologies, whatnot, but, um, uh, one chapter, I really wanted to explore the way that certain traditions and cultures and even faith circles can diminish the roles of women. Um, it's a mainstream book, but I think this is really important context for all of us because there's so many of us walking around here in America with this tension of what our role is because of what our constructs, for me, it was the way I was raised, you know, doesn't a good godly wife stay home and raise her children? That was so much of the tension that I felt, but God put the, the stuff on my heart too to really pursue. And so I carried that tension. I um, I decided to interview um, Joel Matamale. He's the director of theology at Proverbs 31 Ministries. And then Lisa Turkhurst, who is the president of um, Proverbs 31 Ministries. And Lisa's become a, a really good friend of mine. I wanted to figure out what the Bible says about women and their roles. And this chapter was really, I will say this, like, the book can be is, is disruptive. It ruffles some feathers, right? It was very hard for me to write this chapter because in my experiences, you know, I went to a really small conservative Christian school and the roles of women were very much like you get married and you stay home and you stay in the kitchen where you belong. You know what I mean? So I really wanted to unpack what the Bible said about our roles um, as as women and mothers. And what I learned was it was very a very freeing message for me. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it's a really freeing message um, for those who have struggled with this very thing. And those that haven't just know that there's a lot of a lot of traditions and cultures, not just Christianity, a lot of traditions and cultures that really diminish the roles of women and our contributions to society. So I wanted I wanted this to be a freeing chapter, but it was really difficult because, um, you know, you have to call out, you know, certain things that experiences uh-huh. that have happened Um but again, I want I wanted it to be freeing. You know, yeah. I, I learned that from the very beginning yeah. in Genesis, you know, um, men and women were created to subdue together collaboratively. Um, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman, we think of her as a homemaker, but she was like the, she was like the modern day boss yeah. babe. Like she was negotiating. She was a skilled businesswoman. I mean, when her husband was away at war, she, she, everyone depended on her. She bought a field with mm-hmm. her earnings. And yet we've, it's the way that Christianity often has reduced women to our roles at, and, and devalued us in many ways. Um, yeah. Even you go yeah. in the new Testament, how Mary sat at the feet of, of Jesus, you know, she was a student and a scholar and Jesus. And that was just think about in those days, like so much of the new Testament was a snapshot of history. Um, it wasn't necessarily like it, it, it was, they had their own you know, historical, uh, they had their own issues going on in, in history. And so can you imagine how disruptive it was for people to walk in and see Mary sitting with, with all the disciples, all the men 
but marry a woman who is mm-hmm. a third rate citizen at that time sitting at his feet to be, she's a student and a scholar and you sat at Jesus' feet to learn and then to become a rabbi yourself. So it was a very freeing chapter, but again, like it was, it was, it was tough for me to write. Yeah. You know, I love, you know, my faith is everything to me. It is the the bedrock of who I am. It's the foundation of my life. Um, yeah. But I that love the, I, I love that you yeah, went there. Important. I'm so grateful though that you did go there because and like you mentioned, <laughs> I'm nervous about it though, no, Corey. I am I'm a little nervous. So it was so good. And like you mentioned, it's not just Christianity. It is other cultures. I remember reading a book yes. a long time ago uh, called like um, Half the Sky and talking about how the cultures that don't support women. Um, are are cultures that don't are, are not as healthy as a society yes. because women do hold up half the sky. That's what we're meant to do, and yes. um, we're meant to co like co labor, like you mentioned. And I love the part about Proverbs thirty one because I've thought that so much. I'm like, this was a working woman. This was not yeah. a woman that was just you know home. All, and and not that there's anything wrong with that. That is no, a beautiful thing as no. well. That's a beautiful thing as well. But you know there there are so many examples in just in the bible of women who are working women and who are absolutely just, you know that are that are doing that and I love that you pointed that out and brought that out because I do think that there is some mom guilt that we can feel about that specifically 100%. another thing I thought I think about when I uh, read that Proverbs 31 I'm like she is not doing this all on her own and no, I think it's not. so important to talk about that you know like we have to ask for help we have to get help and I've always been a really big advocate about that you know if you can afford for someone to come in and clean your house once a week, do it. You know, I remember when ours were young, um, food was a big issue, like cooking at night. So Willie is a really good cook. And now he cooks for our family all the time and is so amazing. And I love and so grateful for that. But back then, like he didn't, he, he cooked some, you know, but he didn't feel that like burden of like every night have the meal yes. on the table. <laughs> and I was feeling that burden. And I was like, I'm not, it's not my gifting. Like I do not like, I'm not good at this. So I remember I was talking to a friend and I was at a like a women's Bible study and we were all just kind of complaining about the same thing, that same thing. And I know you talk about this a lot in your book. So I want to hear a little bit about your perspective on it. But I remember asking a friend who does love to cook. I was like, hey, what would it be like if you cooked for our family one night a week and yeah, you like did yeah. a full, like a whole meal, mm-hmm. I'll pay you and you can just deliver. And it was cheaper than us going out for a meal, but we had like a home cooked meal once a week and it sure. helped support, t- do something that she loved and support mm-hmm. her. And so like finding ways of like helping, finding people in your community and your circle Absolutely. and your friendship within your family are paying someone to just help you. Like right. that is, is it's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a really important conversation to have. And I love that you went there in the book and talked yes. about that a little bit. It's, and you just brought up such a good point, asking for help, saying, I cannot carry it all. I, I can, but guess what? I'm going to, my shoulders are going to become weak and I'm going to burn out and I'm not going to be a good version of myself to anybody. And we have been so programmed in this country to think that asking for help is a sign of weakness or a sign of failure. We want to wear this mommy martyr status with pride. I can do it all. I can carry it. I don't need anybody. I don't need to ask for help. And if I do ask for help, oh, well, she's privileged or she's weak. Well, first of all, like, yes, it is a, a privilege, but like you don't, you can create that, that circle of community. Like you just said, I have people like, I can't afford a housekeeper. I can't afford um, somebody to help me meal plan. I can't afford childcare. That's totally understandable. And guess what? In other countries where they have a much more, a much healthier um, 
a much healthier view on family and inter- interdependence, it, hiring help is much more affordable and they are not expected to carry it all, nor do they even try. Um, but you can create that. I, I, someone reached out to me and they're like, you know, I have special needs kids and it's too much to ask. And I said, there are people that are just like you out there. You can find them and you create that community. You say, I, I know what it's like to have special needs kids. I'm going to watch your kids on a Friday and then you watch mine the next Friday. You start to be the help to other yeah. people that, that you so desperately need. Mm-hmm. I have somebody that cleans my house for uh, every month. I used to feel dirty to do that. I used to feel, no pun intended, I used to feel dirty asking somebody to do that because I love cleaning. I'm like, but I can do it myself but I don't have to, I, right. I don't have to carry it all. Um, go clean somebody else's house that you know needs it. I love to clean, I, you know, I can go clean my sister's house, right? Um, be that help to other people. But again, like we're so conditioned and I wanna, you mentioned anxiety and burnout and all, it's all tied into this mentality, um, Corey, that we have to carry it all. We have to mm-hmm. do it all. We have to do it perfectly. And guess what? We don't and we won't. We don't, we won't, yes. we're gonna drop a ball every single day. I tell yeah. my kids, I'm mommy's dropping a couple balls today. I'm going to let the plastic ones drop, but I'm keeping the glass ones in the air. Those ones are really important. So that helps me drop the perfectionism and, and ask for help and just prioritize my life. That's so good. You can't carry it all. You can't carry it all. Ask for help. Be that help to somebody else. Find your tribe, build your community. I just had to travel two days for work. I mean, I had my sister helping me out. I had one of my good friends. I had my husband's, uh, is the basketball coach from our high school. I had the golf coach. I had like six people. And yeah. you know what? At first I was like, no, I'm not going to feel bad about that. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm that help to them because I, I jump right. in and help them too. You have to build a tribe and build a community and do life with people. Yes. And it's okay to ask for help. I love that. I love to I always tell people, you know, you have to be an advocate for yourself, you know, like look at the things that are the pain points in your life and be like, okay, Absolutely. how can I solve some of these things? And I know a lot of you listening may feel like, you know, you don't have that community. You don't have that family. You don't have those people around you, but you can start finding that by being that. A lot of places you find that is in a church or wherever you, but you do have to be that for other people and you have to ask for it. You have to reach out. And even, you know, with young people, I talk to our, our young kids a lot or young, they're young adults now, you know, just about finding relationships and friendships and all that. You have to ask for it. You have to be the one yes. that invites. You can't just sit at home and Put yourself be like, out there, Corey. Yes. Put yourself you out do. there. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. I love how you started the book. I think it was in the first chapter or maybe in the intro. You you just went ahead and said, like, I've been burnt out. I went to a therapist. I, I needed <laughs> I needed that help. Totally. And you just like were super honest. And I love that. Talk about like why it's important for us to kind of be honest about where we are and and what we're going through. You you talked about everything from like you know, um, mastitis and exhaustion and and all the things that women go through and that we don't really talk about a lot. Yeah. And I, I think too, like, um, a lot of that is if we want people to have a healthy under healthier understanding of what it's like to be a mother, um, we have to be real about it. We can't post the, Hey, I just got back in my skinny jeans. I just had the baby four seconds ago, you know, keeping it real. Um, we have to be real and we have to be vulnerable and we have to realize that there is strength and vulnerability. You change the game by being honest about your situation. If it's not going to do me any good or anyone any good, if I'm sugarcoating the situation. Yeah. And I, I bring up an example in the book. It was after I had my first, uh, my first uh, baby 
my daughter's now 15 and a half. I came back from maternity leave. And the very first question that I was asked by a male coworker was, how was my vacation? And it was in that moment, I was like, (laughs) okay. And I was, you know, so I was very angry at first, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, well, and I, but I was real with him. I was like, and this might be a little graphic, but I was like, you know, my nipples still hurt from nursing. I haven't healed from pushing a baby out of, uh, you know, out of my privates. I haven't slept for four hours. I think so much of it is, is conditional on us being really real. And I know mm-hmm. it doesn't make for palatable social media content. I'm not saying that, yeah. but like, let's be real about our experiences it's because so often, like I can't, he didn't know what he didn't know. All he knew was the images that we're putting out there that were in our skinny jeans and it was easy and it looked like it's not. Let's be real about it. And let's not just be real, but like, let's be the the change and let's be there for one another Mm -hmm. uh, as we are being vulnerable and and just be the help that we so desperately need. So I think there is strength in vulnerability. There's absolute strength in vulnerability. I absolutely agree. I love that so much. I think that that's one thing that Sadie, you know, has has done throughout her time podcasting Mm -hmm. and writing and all that is just tell the truth about what she's going through. And absolutely parts of that, a part of that is allows other people to speak into your life whenever you do Mm -hmm. like tell the truth. And someone can say, oh, they can, they can, they can empathize with you or they can say, oh, how can I help? You know, or they can offer you good advice when you do like, just tell the truth about where you are and are just honest and vulnerable about with it. And also people can say like me too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. Absolutely. I've also been Mm -hmm. burnt out. I've also, I can raise my hand and say, I've also felt that too. I felt like I've got so many balls juggling that like, they're all going to fall down if I don't figure out which ones I can set down right now. You know, sure. another analogy that like, sometimes I think of is like, I've got too many just tabs open in my brain, like, you know, on your computer, which like when you <laughs> the got mental like tabs, hundred oh, tabs, my gosh. you're like, okay, uh-huh. like how, which ones can I close down so that I can keep uh-huh. going and not, and not yes. be burnout, you know? And so when we totally. do talk about that things, I think it is so helpful. You mentioned something else, um, just in talking about that in that social media. And I do think that like, like, that's something that I didn't really have to deal with whenever our kids were little, that comparison and that mommy guilt that comes with social media. And I always tell, say our daughters, I'm like, you know, the only time we really could compare ourselves were when we were at church and we'd look around and be like, another mom had on heels and looked like she actually got ready that morning. And you're like, how did she do uh, she, it? She you took know, a shower. really the only time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the only time there was like the real comparison that you could notice. Or, you know, you show up at work and, you know, the other moms look like yeah. they're like fresh and they got up and worked out that morning. You're like, wait a second. But now yeah. I think women are bombarded with it. Like, hourly because they're looking mm-hmm. at their social media feeds and there's so much it looks like other moms are just like killing it and our other women if you're not a mom yet you know everyone deals with this or you know so all of a sudden whatever you did you thought was so cute your little valentine craft that you did with your kids you thought was really cute then you looked and saw another mom that did it and did it way better and yep. you know just that comparison and what that feels like you know as a woman i feel like that's that's kind of a new thing that it um, really is that women are having to deal with. It's yeah, it's something our kids are dealing with. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, feeling less alone just a second ago, and that really struck me by being mm-hmm. vulnerable. Like you can invite people into the conversation. They're like, "Oh, you too," but feeling less alone is a huge part of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's so fascinating what you're talking about with social media because um, I was telling my daughter yesterday, I was like, you know, I. 
I, I don't envy you because you can never get away from it. You know, yeah. even for, you know, for me, you know, comparison robs us of our joy. Anytime mm-hmm. we're looking and we have to realize people aren't always putting out their, you know, they're putting out their highlight reels, right? Yes. Comparison steals our joy. But I told, but I asked my daughter, you know, because again, this generation is dealing with so much anxiety and I'm like, you know, you know, creating those healthy boundaries. But I'm also like, I don't, I don't always know what to do and what to say to her, but, but, um, I do ask her, I'm like, how can I support you in this season? How can I support you? And how, and how, so like, I want to build into her, not just, um, what she looks like. Like, it's really important for me that I build into her, her confidence and her self-esteem and who she is in God and her, her true identity. Um, but it is, it's a challenge. And I, I hope, I think this generation is going to rise up and find a way to turn it on its head. And I ask her all the time, I'm like, please tell me that you guys are going to like, because it's so out of control. We're so addicted. We're, it's, we're so addicted to our phones. All of us. It's not just this, this generation, me too. You know, I don't set a great example. I'm like, please create a solution you know, what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good, you know, like, please That's turn right. this into something yes. really, really, really positive for this next generation. I believe that mm-hmm. you can do it, but, you know, asking her, how can I, how can I best support you right now? I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I'm not, mm-hmm. I, but how can I support you? And she tells me how, how I can best support her. And so if, even if there's any parents listening um, that have teen daughters or there's teenagers, you know, and you're having a hard time communicating with your parents, um, or, you know, just that's, that's a really, really good way to connect with your teen about all the anxiety and pressures that they're dealing with. How can I best support you right now? I think and that's such good advice. Up. Yeah. I think that's such good advice. Just asking the questions and you being a journalist, yeah, for sure. you can definitely guide us in that. <laughs> just asking the questions and, and, and leaving it open to the answer. I feel like that as a mom, um, someone asked me recently, like, what's the thing that you need to know about as a mom of a teen? I really think listening is it. It's yeah. just like, you really have to be a good listener and be there for when they're ready to talk. And uh, it might not be at the most convenient time, but be there for when they're ready to talk and just listen and let them know that you're there for them. They're trying to figure it out. And if you come across as like, you've got it all figured out and, you know, a lot of times they will turn that off. But if you can just listen and hear them, let them know that they are, you know, they're seen and they are, um, you know, their opinion is is valued and what they're going through is really valid. I think that's so important. Um, My daughter, Bella, one time. So I have a friend who like, just is an amazing businesswoman. She's a mom. Her kids are so cute. And like she posts just beautiful pictures on Instagram where she cooks and she, you know, has has just, you know, her house is gorgeous and all this kind of thing. Well, my daughter got in her car one time and her car was just like trashed, like, you know, like a mess. <laughs> <laughs> like everything was a mess. And Bella was like, you know, that was really so good for me to see because like, and she's, and she mentioned it to me and I said, well, uh-huh. that's the thing. It's like something has to give, like you cannot do it all. It can't all no. be perfect all the time. And if one thing is looking perfect, you got to know there's something else. There's a closet that's like about to, everything's about to fall out. And that's yes. just reality. And, but it's it was good. so helpful. Bella said that even, she's not a mom yet. She's just, but she's a student and her car is always messy because she's busy. She's mm-hmm. a new wife and student and her car's a mess. And I was like, you just don't remember when y'all were little, our car was a mess. I mean, I had a minivan that I like literally, I um I traded it in and they sound, said they found like $3 in the CD of like change where kids had put, you know, change in our CD thing. I mean, our, our minivan was a mess oh, and I was great. like working. I was a mom. Yep. I was trying to do it all and everything on the surface on Instagram would have, if we ever had had Instagram, would have probably looked perfect. But yeah. 
Meanwhile, our kids were just like stuffing uh, stuffing doms into the CD. At least player, it was you know, dimes, and it wasn't. They weren't trying to shove Swedish fish or um, goldfish oh, in there. I, had, I don't even know. Oh. I had. Oh. I remember the plumber had to come because there was like so many toys in our toilet that had just <laughs> one of the kids had stuffed down. You know, one of the <laughs> things hilarious. in the book you talk about is like writing mom fails on social media. You write mm-hmm. a few mom fails. I thought they were so fun. Can you share? Oh, can gosh. you share a mom fail that um, oh. that you've experienced? I- I can share. Oh my gosh, where do I start with my own mom fails? I mean, just yesterday, I um, was going to my son's golf tournament and I had my other kids in tow. And even though my husband told me where it was, I still showed up at the wrong golf <laughs> tournament or the, the wrong golf course, which was like 25 minutes away. But um, I just have a funny story to share. I And I opened one of the chapters with this. And, you know, my youngest is just obsessed with like smacking my butt. I know it's, it's terrible. I know he's nine years old now, but when he was really little, we were on vacation and I decided to take my older two for a walk on the beach. And he, my youngest was back with my husband. And when I got back from the walk, like my husband looked like he'd seen a ghost and he's Mm -hmm. like, Paula, Landon walked up to, um, a woman he thought it was you. She had the same bathing suit on and smacked her butt as hard as he could. Oh no. Yes, he did. <laughs> Luckily, she had a really good sense of humor about it. She turned around. She's like, wow, you're getting started young. But I was like, oh, oh my, my gosh, I'm goodness. so embarrassed. that Because like, that. Uh, yes, I know I should have nipped that little thing in the bud for a while ago. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, That's is like hilarious. mom fails, help us feel seen. And you know what? Parenting's right. not perfect. And our kids aren't perfect. We're not perfect. No. Balls are going to drop. Butts are going to be right. smacked. You know? So like <laughs> and things are going to happen along the way. And just oh like, goodness. it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Stop trying to put on this front of perfectionism because mm-hmm. it's just, it's not, it's actually not healthy for us either. Yes. It's healthy for us to ask for help. That's mentally, so emotionally, spiritually, and physically. It is healthy for us to say, I can't carry it all. I need your help. I'm That's not really good. perfect. I'm going to drop good. some balls. Will you help me? When I was re- reading those, I was actually remembering a time. So this is like, I, th- I think the statute of limitations has like gone out on this. So I'm probably safe. No one can turn me in for this. But I was, um, I was. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was, it was during Dick Dynasty. Things were crazy. I was, so I was doing a radio interview on the phone with all my kids in the car, taking them to horse. I think they had horse lessons. So we were driving out to horse lessons and I re- realized, oh no, I've got this radio interview I have to do. So they're on the back seat and I'm like threatening them with their life. Like be quiet because, you know, yeah. I have to do, the mom has to do this radio interview and I'm driving. And I, of course, they start talking. And so I think, okay, I've got to pull over the side of the road and get out. So I pull over into this parking lot and I jump out of the car, still talking on the phone. I look back and my car is rolling. I forgot to put it in park. All four kids are in my car. (laughs) I'm doing a radio interview and the car is just (laughs) rolling forward. I'm still talking. I jump back in the car, like throw it in park, get back out and continue the interview. We all survived. We made it. But I was like, oh my goodness, that could have been just a disaster. But literally, yeah, just forget to put my car in park. And there's times when I've left the kids at track practice. I've done all the things. Oh, yeah. So, you know. As a mom, oh, it I've, happens. I've left my, yeah, I, I, I got a call from my daughter and she's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm at Walmart with your brother. She's like, well, track is over. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be an hour late Whoops. picking you up because I forgot yeah. about you. Sorry. I forgot. Yeah. It happens. It happens. I, you it's know, so what's good. really pathetic, Corey, in my calendar, 
I have to put in pick up child number one at yeah. 2 30, pick up child number two at 3 30, pick up child. Like I have to put it in there. Yeah. Because no. there's, like you said, the mental taps and it's like, you know, I'm not a bad, that doesn't make me a bad mom. That right. just means I got a lot on my plate and I'm actually trying to remember to pick my kids. <laughs> That's right. You got a lot going on. Well, one um, of the things too, I love that you talked about because I think that, um, it's just about in that burnout, in that season where you feel burnout. And I think we talk a lot about about saying no to a lot of things. And that is such mm-hmm. an important word. No is an important word. And like finding the things that are important that you mentioned. What are your your glass balls and what are your plastic balls that you can just put yes. down? But that that no is so important. And I remember times in my life where like I've, I had to let go of things that I in prior seasons was good at. Like I would was the one who hosted the showers or was the one who like took food to somebody. But then there were times in my yes. life where I was so busy that I just had to say like, nope, I cannot be that person right now. I cannot do that because I have to do the things that are on my plate and right in front of me. Um, but also you talk about saying yes to the things that bring mm. you joy. And I just love that thought. And I feel like yeah. that's something that speaks to me because I I have to regularly remind myself of that, of like saying like, yep. oh, I'm going to do the fun thing. And and it's okay to like go just do something that's fun that just brings you joy. Totally. I'd love to hear yeah. a little bit more about that and how that works in your life. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned burnout. Burnout is like, there's a difference between I'm just exhausted and burnout. And like burnout is when you feel like you're at the end of the end of the end of the end of yourself and you're short and exacting with people. You're not yourself. And that happened to me last summer. And I was like, I was burnout on motherhood. It wasn't burnout on my jobs. It wasn't burnout on anything else. I was just burnout on being a mother. And um, so we, we always hear, you know, like, well, first of all, like the majority of mothers are burnout burn at some level. The majority of people today are feeling burnout and mental exhaustion at some level. Um, and we always hear, you know, say no to things, say no to things, draw boundaries. You have boundaries at work, but where are your boundaries at home? You know, and then it be- just becomes white noise. I'm saying no, I'm saying no. And you start saying no to so many things that you're also saying no to the things that once brought you some joy. So a friend of mine, um, her name is Jessica Kim. She, uh, she's the, uh, just a wonderful, uh, founder. She, uh, she has, she's the founder of Ionic Care, which is a caregiving company. She says, when I'm feeling burned out, what I do is I put, I add something. I say yes to something that has brought, that brings me joy. And it could just be something frivolous. It can be something mm-hmm. really fun. Like for me, um, I, saw this yoga studio and it was trapeze yoga. So you're like hanging from a ceiling with these silks. And I was like, I'm going to try that. You know, that sounds super fun. Like I love to do that sort of thing, just try something new. And I'm like, I'm going to say yes to that. And that was in the season where I was extracting. And I'm like, but I'm going to say yes to that. That really, I can't, I know it just was, it it doesn't sound like a lot, but Mm -hmm. saying yes to something that brings you joy, saying yes to something that brought me joy was a game changer. Yeah. And I think it's really important, you know, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, want, want, you know, we hear that all the time, but, mm-hmm. but that's not this, this is say yes to something that brings you joy, yeah, true joy. Like, wow, this is going to be so fun. It might be something I've never tried before. Um, say yes to it uh-huh. and make sure that you're saying yes to that one thing that brings you joy along with, you know, saying no to the things that don't um, that you don't want to do in this season. And like, for me, my, it's always about my, everything comes back to my why, why am I doing what I'm doing in the season? Because I think it's seasonal. We're right. called different things in different seasons. 
I'm saying yes and no to the things that I'm saying yes and no to because I want to be real present with my kids. I want to be the one that drops them off, picks them up. I want to go to all their sporting events. Like I want to be really, really involved in their lives physically too, you know? Mm -hmm. So that that's my motivator for everything that I do. That's why I say yes to things. That's why I say no to things. But saying yes to to some things, it's it's really fun. Say yes to something that brings you joy. I think that's so really great. Important. I think that's so great. Mm-hmm. I feel like Willie has like taught me that. He's really good at that. I don't know if like men in general are better at that than women, but like, you know, in the middle of the day, if if you can, he puts on his golf shoes and goes out and hits some golf balls and just does something yeah. fun, you know? And yeah. Don Miller talks about that a lot, about how just implementing that play into your life and how sometimes we, we lose that. And yeah, and life just becomes, and but it doesn't have to be. You can just say yes to that. Totally. He's yoga. I actually did that one time too. And I had like, do you did have you? sore hips after that? It was kind of painful. Do you, did you like it? I didn't. I loved it, no. but maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment. You just mentioned. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed you just mentioned it. Di- I enjoyed it because I love doing something <laughs> different like that too. I'm with you. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll just try something different. And that that is fun yeah. to me too. But it was kind of painful for me, but go ahead. I, 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 just, I, I agree though. It's not for everybody, but like I went, the class I went to, like it was a bunch of like 70 year old women, women. And I was like, oh, <laughs> they cannot show me up. They can't show me up. I'm yeah. like in my forties. I'm like, but they were incredible and agile, but yeah, do something, it, something that maybe you lose yourself. And Craig Groeschel talks about how burnout he was at the end of the day. And he just had to do some things that where he could just literally lose himself mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, pilot training, some, or jujitsu, something where you just, you can you can turn the page where you don't have to yeah. you can just be and I'm losing myself mode like I I need to get myself back it's really really important to our sanity to our spiritual health to our emotional health um to our mental health all of it I think so too so, well mm-hmm. I love no more no more trapeze yoga for you Corey. no that was my <laughs> hey it was I did it once that's that's what that's worth <laughs> there something you go. exactly like I love I'm the one that's like every new class I'm like I'm gonna try it you know yeah and just uh-huh. just adding that fun. But then I also can get in seasons where I'm like not doing anything fun and I'm just like working mm-hmm. all day. And then I'm so it feels so busy and just feel like that, that feel that stress and no, okay, I need to add You feel something. the burnout because you haven't yeah, said yes to anything. To anything yeah, that brings smart. me joy. Yeah. So I love that we've had this conversation and I love that Sadie's going to get to listen to this conversation because she's right mm-hmm. in the middle of this, of awesome. a new mom and what does that look like? And how do you figure out how to find the balance or whatever balance looks like and all the things totally. as a new mom. So this is going to be such an encouragement to her and such an encouragement to, I know, everyone who has listened. Um, I was you. thinking about, you know, as we've been talking is just this idea that like, you know, we can't, you mentioned seasons and like we can't find our identity in our work, or even in our being a mom, because those things change. And you're a mom forever, of course, once you're a mom, but still that season, those things change. And whenever you, you, you are experienced, I know I've experienced, like you feel like you're failing at work or you're failing at being a mom or something like that. And if your whole identity is based in that, then you can definitely like lose yourself in it and feel feel burned out. But just thinking about how, you know, our identity has to be found in Christ and that's what eternal, that's what doesn't change. But, you know, all the right. things I tell, I talk a lot about with, because I'm around a lot of young girls because our da- my daughters are like in their 20s and all their <laughs> friends and all that. And I just see this like, this kind of this like anxiety building up of like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what is it supposed to be? And, you know, at the age, I'll be 50 this year. And I can look back and just say like, 
you don't you you have so much time. You can do it right. all. You can be a student now. You can be a mom later. You can sure. you can work. You can have a job. You can you can be a stay at home mom for a while, and then you can be a working mom for a while. Then you can go back to be a stay at home. You can do it all, and just just try to encourage um, young people out there who are watching, who are listening, or watching, just to know that like. Don't put all that on yourself. You don't have to carry it right. all, like Paula says. I think that's just the title right there. And the book was so good. I was so blessed by getting to read it and prepping Thank for you. this this conversation. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, and, for you know, sharing. it was it, the the book and Carrie was kind of birthed out of my own story of calling, where I felt like God was calling me to something different. And if I could just speak real quick before we go, a little Love bit it. of life into anyone that's listening. You're going to be called to different things in different seasons. Yes, and I think we're so we're so quick to answer that question uh, that we've been asked since we were little. What do we want to do when we grow up? Guess what? Like God's going to call you to a myriad of different things in different seasons. Don't back yourself into a corner. Give yourself permission to try new things in new seasons. For me, this is a season of calling. You know, really pursuing Carrie and and um, being you know advocating for working moms. God might have something different for me in five ten years. I don't know, but I hold it loosely, knowing where my identity is. It's not in what I do. It's it's in who I am and who I'm doing it for. Yes. Always remember that. Um, and it, you know, if you, if you love what you do so much that it defines you, if you can't walk away and, and still not know who you are, then there's an issue there, but give yourself permission. You will be called to different things in different seasons. You don't have to pick one thing for the rest of your life. God's given you talents and gifts that, that will transfer into different seasons of life. I thought I could only be a broadcaster because I was curious and a question asker and nosy. Turns out I can be an entrepreneur and a founder in this season. I use those same gifts. Give yourself permission to try new things in new seasons, knowing that your worth isn't work and your value is not just your vocation and your calling isn't just your career. So if I could just speak a little life into that. That's what I Absolutely. To I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thank much you, for Corey. being with me today. This was so much Thank fun. Thank you. And Go so hug encouraging. your new baby. I absolutely will. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>